This is the Beginner's Guide to Human Design. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast makes understanding your human design chart super simple and easy. Have you ever looked at your chart and seen all those shapes, lines, arrows, and numbers and gotten lost in the descriptions? Me too. After countless hours of practice and study, I'm here to break it down for you. Now let's get into today's episode. Today we are talking about the second energy center called the solar plexus, and that is that big triangle shape way over on the right side of the chart. It's the furthest to the right, that triangle, that's called the solar plexus. And in a few moments, we'll get into what exactly that means and why we're talking about it. But first, a little bit of housekeeping, the most fun part. So I'm super pumped to announce that I am offering a virtual human design workshop because of so many of you reaching out and requesting this. I teach in-person human design workshops that have been a complete blast. Oh my goodness. It's so much fun getting in a room with a bunch of you and laughing and getting to know each other and actually spending time talking about human design face-to-face. It's probably my favorite thing ever. And if you are wanting to come to an in-person workshop in Minneapolis at Studio Timeout, then you can absolutely sign up. I also have breathwork retreats and workshops that I teach there and in Iowa at a retreat center. And so you can check out the website at www.madelineevergreen.com and either go to the Human Design tab or the breathwork tab to check those out. But because of so many of you amazing people all over the globe reaching out, I am doing a virtual workshop. Now, I have to say, I'm a little bit nervous because sometimes when you're online with people on Zoom, the energy is just not the same. It's not the same as laughing and being face-to-face and hugging or really seeing each other, but I want to give it a try. I really want this to work, and I want to get to know so many of you who are out there in the world that I'll never um, otherwise have a chance to talk with. So let's do this. Let's give it a try, and if it's super fun and if we love it, if it's successful, then I'm definitely planning to do more of these. So again, you can go to MadelineEvergreen.com and then click... Um, go to the top of the page and see the button that says human design. And then there will be three tabs under that and you go to human design workshops. And that's where you can see um, how to schedule either a virtual or an in-person workshop. The virtual workshop will be Friday, November 18th, 2022 at noon Central Standard Time. So I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, It's an hour and a half long workshop. It's $25 and the topic is going to be on the five energy types. This is something I've taught in the in-person workshops and it's so much fun. First of all, you'll learn so much deeper about your own energy type. The energy type is like a manifester, a manifesting generator, reflector, projector, or I think generator I missed. So those are the energy types. You'll learn really deeply about yours and then you're also going to learn about how to interact with other people's energy types and how they all kind of come together and are supposed to be working together most effectively. And you have the opportunity during the class to ask as many questions as you want. And so that's super, super valuable to be able to pipe in, join in, ask questions, and get involved. 
And then one more very fun piece of housekeeping is our review of the week. Oh my goodness, you guys came through with the reviews. I'm so grateful. Each week on the podcast, I am going to select one of your reviews from Apple Podcasts and I'll read it here. And if it's your review and you're listening to this, then you can send me a DM on Min- uh, Instagram. Huh, on Instagram. My handle is healthy underscore Madeline, or if you don't do Instagram, you can email me at hello at MadelineEvergreen.com and tell me, hey, Madeline, that was my review, and then guess what you win. You are going to win a mini reading from me where I'm going to send you either an audio or a video. I'm going to send you some kind of um, personalized information about your chart, and it's going to be specifically about your life theme, which is very similar to a life purpose. And I chose this for the prize because it's a little bit difficult to understand the life theme unless you know how to read the chart. So unless you've had a reading or you are a reader, the life theme is kind of inaccessible to a lot of kind of casual human design lovers who do this as a hobby. And I think that the life theme is one of the most valuable parts of the chart and unique. There are lots of different life themes and it's uncommon for people to have them um, the same as someone else. And so I'd love to be able to gift that to you. And if you're somebody who's already had a reading where you know your life theme, you can tell me that and I will answer a different part um, of the chart for you or answer a different question for you in depth. So it's like a personalized mini reading. So here we go. This week's review is from somebody on Apple Podcasts, and I'm so sorry, I don't know how to say this name, but your username is Rika Rahul, R-I-C-A-R-A-U-H-L, and the title is Beginner Friendly. This is a five-star review. And this person says, what I love about this podcast is that I came into it not knowing much and have since gained so much knowledge about human design and myself. I find human design very interesting, and it's nice to have someone who can explain it so effortlessly. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for that incredible review, and thank you to everybody else who has rated and reviewed the show. Now I have to say, since I'm getting so many fantastic five-star reviews, I'm going to try to start selecting the reviews that have the coolest emojis. So if you're writing a review from here on out, try and stick in as many emojis as you can that obviously relate to what you're saying. And um, that's how I'm going to start kind of picking and choosing. But honestly, any review is so, so appreciated. Okay, let's get into the content here, which is our second energy center, the solar plexus. Last week, we talked all about the first energy center at the bottom, which is the root center. So if you didn't listen to episode nine, I would suggest after this episode today to go back and listen to that one. It's not that important that you listen to the energy centers in order, but um, you're not going to want to miss any of them. So definitely go back. The energy centers are super fascinating because they sort of define 
traits about how you are meant to be using your energy. And they define which energy type you are. Remember, there's the five energy types, like for example, a manifesting generator. So depending on which energy centers are colored in or not colored in, that's going to tell you so much more detail about your personal energy type rather than just the general energy type, like manifesting generator. So here we're talking about the solar plexus center. And again, if you missed it, go look at your chart and find the big triangle way over on the right. And any of these energy centers, there's nine of them, if they're colored in any color, so whatever design tactics, you know, um, the person that created your chart, like the website or whoever designed your chart, everybody makes it look different. Whatever color it is, it's colored. Okay, if it looks ombre, if it's multicolored, it's just simply colored. It's not, there's no like partial color or um, like percentage. It's just colored or not. If it's white, that means it's not colored. So if your solar plexus center is colored, that means it's defined. And then for the sake of this episode, that means that you are categorized as an emotional. Okay. If your solar plexus center is white, that means that it's undefined and you are categorized as a non-emotional. I am a non-emotional, but it's not what you think. So if you're thinking, oh my God, I'm called a non-emotional, but I'm very emotional. Just don't worry. It'll all make sense by the end. The solar plexus center for everybody, whether it's defined or not, is an awareness and a motor center. All the different energy centers have different qualities. So for the solar plexus center, since it's an awareness center, this means that it is going to help bring awareness around emotions. It's going to help with processing emotions. And then it's also a motor center. So all of the motor centers help create momentum and energy and movement. So even though um, not all the different energy types create energy, like for example, projectors and reflectors do not create their own energy, if they have a, a defined solar plexus center, then they do have a little bit, a little tiny piece of them that can create some energy because this is a motor center. So it helps create momentum, energy, and movement. But it's not nearly as much as what a generator or a manifesting generator would experience. Let's first talk about if you have a defined solar plexus center. So you're called an emotional. We'll just start with this and then we'll go to the non-emotionals later. Emotionals are built to feel your own emotional waves. You were born to feel things, to have emotions of your own. Now, you do not feel what other people are feeling, so you wouldn't be categorized as an empath, and whatever emotions you're feeling are truly your own. Your emotions can feel random, so you might be feeling an emotion for absolutely no reason at all, and it might seem like your emotion doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances. For example, maybe you wake up in the morning and you feel sad. Or later in the day, you feel euphoria, and it's all for no reason. That is what life is like for a defined solar plexus or an emotional. There are actually four different types of emotionals. So 
as a beginner here, don't worry about that so much. Just know that if you're an emotional, you feel very deeply, you feel your own feelings, you don't feel other people's feelings, and your emotions might feel random and they might not make any sense. But if you're somebody who wants to dive a lot deeper and have so much more self, uh, uh, um, just exploring yourself, I can't remember what the word is for that, self-exploration, then you would want to schedule a reading, a private reading, to understand which type of emotional you are, because there are four different types. And it could be something like a build-up emotional, a subtle emotional, an escalator emotional, and then there's one more after that. But again, don't worry. If you're a beginner, that's not the most important part. That's just for people that need to dive deeper and truly want to understand how their emotions work. As an emotional, never ever judge or suppress your emotions. The emotions are just simply energy inside of you that needs to be released. So there's no use in analyzing why you feel that way, judging it, pushing it down, anything like that. And it's best for you when you feel emotion, whether it's something positive or negative, to do something to help the energy get moved or help a a release happen. So this might be crying, laughing, dancing, movement. Moving your body can really help to get the emotions to pass through. Journaling maybe, breath work, or anything else that you like that helps you move energy. So pick something that you are drawn to, not just something I listed because I said so and truly you don't want to be doing that. But it's so important that you do take time whenever you have these big emotions to release them because it truly is energy that needs to be moved and you don't want to be stuffing energy down and holding it into your body because that is where disease can begin and where health problems and chronic pain can absolutely start. It's energetically correct for you to wait until you are cool, calm, and collected before responding to anyone, making big decisions, doing anything really important. And this goes against really how our world has conditioned us to be, where you just push through, you hustle, you do things right now, and you just get stuff done when you're supposed to get stuff done. And of course, sometimes we do have to do those things. Like if you have a class scheduled and you're supposed to teach the class, well, it's not going to work for you to just cancel the class because you feel sad. Sometimes you do have to um, acknowledge that you feel sad, maybe put on your blinders or just get grounded, get yourself ready to go teach the class and then go and have an emotional release when it's time. But if you can put things off and address the emotion in the moment and wait until you're cool, calm, and collected before you do anything important, that will be best for you. So how can this go wrong? Remember last week we talked about how everything in human design is just neutral. Nothing about your chart is labeled as good or bad, but everything can go badly. So lots of people completely misinterpret human design and they um, kind of only listen to the parts that feel good or they take things the wrong way. And then what ends up happening is their life gets significantly worse. So human design can truly ruin your life. I've seen it happen. I've seen people in my life make terrible decisions because of what their human design chart is telling them. And I see that they're misinterpreting the information and then they end up very unhappy. 
So I did make you guys a free video. It's about 30 minutes long. It's got super helpful slides and a ton of examples, real life examples of how you can misinterpret your chart. And if you want to watch that free video, just go to the link in the show notes for, um, I think it's called Why Human Design Can Ruin Your Life. Or if the podcast player you're listening to doesn't have show notes, lots of them don't, then you can go to madelineevergreen.com backslash HD can ruin your life. And you can get the free video, watch it, and then it's so great because then you won't be misinterpreting your chart and instead you can use human design to improve your life. But one example, one super helpful example of how an emotional can go wrong is by suppressing your emotions. So emotionals really do feel a lot and it can be overwhelming and it's easy to suppress it. Also judging the emotion and saying, oh, I shouldn't be feeling sad. There's no reason for me to be angry right now. So stupid that I'm crying. No, no. Suppressing the emotion and judging the emotion can take things um, very badly And then another way that this can go wrong, which is so unconventional, so against what many people's advice would be, is actually talking about your emotions to process them. For emotional people, it's almost never, ever, ever useful for you to do talk therapy about your emotions or just talk about why you're feeling sad today. And it seems like so many people... Um, give advice that you you should talk it out. Find a close friend, talk to your spouse, talk to your mother, talk to a therapist about what you're feeling. And oftentimes for an emotional, this is totally a waste of time because what you're feeling doesn't really correlate to circumstances most of the time. And remember, this is just energy in you that needs to be released. And so it's just not helpful to try to put words to it. And instead, you would want to find a, something to do, an activity to do to release energy, like exercise, laugh, cry, breath work, those kinds of things. And then I'm going to give you one more like really quick pointer that's jumping ahead a few episodes. If you have an undefined throat center, then you definitely don't need to be talking about your emotions or signing up for talk therapy. And the throat center is that large square that's third from the top. So if that square is white, you're like doubly not meant to talk about your emotions. Let's switch gears and talk about undefined solar plexus people or non-emotionals. This is what I am. So I can totally relate to all of this and I know what it's like to be a non-emotional. You are very cool, calm, and collected when you're alone, but you feel other people's emotions very deeply. You don't even have to talk to them, though, to feel it. When somebody walks into a room or you're at the grocery store and it's crowded and there's people all over, you are like bombarded with everybody's feelings. So you're like an empath. You are not built to have your own emotions. So this is still a little bit hard for me to wrap my mind around because I am such a emotional person, but I'm not an emotional in human design. I'm a non-emotional, but I feel so much. But every time since I've learned this about myself that I really get down to what on earth am I feeling and why, it almost 
always comes back to either I am feeling something that I picked up from somebody else or I have been conditioned to think something or feel something that's going on and I actually don't feel that way and so it's confusing me subconsciously because I've been told you should always feel sad when this happens or you should always feel happy when this happens but I actually don't believe in that truthfully or feel that. And so I have all this confusion, like inner turmoil because of the conditioning. So anybody with an undefined solar plexus or a non-emotional person is highly susceptible to conditioning around feelings and emotions. So if somebody told you, oh, everybody should be sad and everybody should cry at a funeral, it's really sad when people die, you would be highly conditionable for that. So even if somebody dies and you're actually happy or you don't care, you might be conditioned to think that you should be sad. And so now you're acting sad and you actually aren't deep down. See how that can kind of go wrong? Another example of how you can pick up on somebody else's feelings is when somebody walks into a room feeling a 2 out of 10 on the angry scale, you might think that they're a 6 out of 10 and start acting emotional about it. Like you might start acting angry because they're feeling a little bit angry, but you're going to feel like really angry. Or you might start telling them, oh, you're so angry, or why are you acting like that, or why are you frowning, or you just start acting really moody and emotional. And now other people are going to judge you for being moody or emotional or unstable. I know for me, everybody thinks that I'm so emotional all the time, and learning human design has really helped me to separate when other people are feeling something, I just observe it. And then if I end up picking it up, I have to do something to release it. Like again, movement, laughter, go outside, listen to music, dance, exercise, cry. Some, I have to do those things to, in order to release the other people's emotions. So whether you're an emotional or a non-emotional, you do need to release the emotion by doing some kind of activity. But for non-emotionals, it's very important that you don't identify with the emotion and you always remind yourself, I am not my emotions. I am not. So you're either picking up on something from outside of you or you are responding to conditioning, telling you that you should feel a certain way about something. What's really cool about non-emotionals is that they are like a mirror for the emotionals. So when you feel something, you are showing the emotional what they are feeling and you help them see what it is. Because what's so fascinating is that oftentimes emotionals don't consciously connect to their emotions as well as a non-emotional. So I'm kind of flip-flopping back and forth, but an emotional person Oftentimes, not always, so don't take this wrong if this isn't you, but they oftentimes don't notice when they're really emotional and they can easily kind of like blame circumstances or blame other people for why they're so irritated or upset when truthfully they're just upset and they need to let it, let it pass through them. So the role here for a non-emotional is to be a mirror for the emotional, so the emotional can see what they're doing and how they're feeling. 
So that doesn't mean that all of us non-emotionals should just blow up and explode every time an angry emotional walks in the room. But I can see down the line someday if this if this human design stuff and these concepts became common knowledge, we could really work as a team. Like humanity could really step up and act in a whole new way. For example, if you have a non-emotional husband and you're an emotional, you could actually have a dynamic where this non-emotional husband can reflect back to you what you're feeling and you guys could have a conversation about it or point it out so that it's just all out on the table and it's clear and nobody's getting overly wrapped up in the emotion or truthfully just the energy moving through them and then we can all just simply release it. Instead of having a dynamic maybe where you walk into the room angry and then your non-emotional husband feels that and gets all like choked up and like upset and frustrated and like starts nitpicking or like getting sensitive and doesn't know why he feels that way and then blames you for having a frown. You know how that dynamic can go when really it's not about anything. It's all about energy being Um, built up in the body and then somebody else feeling that and picking up on it. So it's so fascinating to see how we could be more functional and more peaceful if we use some of these concepts together. Now, how can this go wrong? Okay, if you've watched that video on why human design can ruin your life, I'm sure that you could already guess. But if not, Non-emotionals can go wrong by becoming addicted to feeling emotion. So anytime you have an undefined energy center, it's easy to get really addicted to that theme because you don't really have it yourself and it really like lights you up to experience it through someone else. So non-emotionals can end up getting super addicted to feeling things and getting kind of like extreme with their emotions. And another way that it can go wrong for them is by blowing other people's emotions out of control. And so what what I mean by that is like, again, if someone walks in the room feeling a two out of 10 angry, it's easy for a non-emotional to start telling them like, oh, you're so angry. And why are you angry? Why are you frowning? And they start to amplify and blow it out of proportion, this person's emotions. And it's just it's just because you as a non-emotional can really see it and you can really amplify it. But you don't want to be projecting on other people and telling other people why they're feeling that way or what they're feeling or if they should or shouldn't. It's kind of none of your business other than just to energetically maybe reflect a little bit back to them. All right, well, that is all for today on our topic of the Solar Plexus Center. I hope this was helpful. And I do also want to say thank you to all of you who have been reaching out to me on email and over on Instagram. Oh my goodness, you reflectors are just like on fire. I have gotten an overwhelming number of messages from reflectors, which I think is so fascinating because I only know one in my real life that I'm aware of. But you reflectors sound like a lot of you are really having a hard time and human design is really, really helping you. So it almost makes me want to cry. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you that this is helping you because I know reflectors can kind of have a tough time until they start to really learn how their chart works and what their role is on this, um, you know, 
planet in this lifetime. And so thank you for reaching out. And I also want to remind you that I do absolutely love when you message me and we have these one-on-one conversations, but there are two other ways that you can support me best. One is to write a review or rate the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen if ratings are an option. And then the second best way to support me is to go to my Instagram, healthy underscore Madeline, and comment on one of my posts or share one of my posts and tag me in it. Or you can also take a screenshot of you listening to this show on your phone or your computer and share that screenshot and tag me on Instagram. It's going to help me get the word out to other people. It's not about vanity or statistics. It's just simply about getting other people to be exposed to this podcast. And so we can help more people and spread you know, the human design education a little bit more. Also, I have to say one more really exciting thing. Oh my God, I can't believe I haven't said this yet. Last week, I just completed my advanced level reader training, my human design reader training with Jenna Zoe from myhumandesign.com. And oh my God, you guys have got to book readings because I am learning all about really advanced level stuff, but the coolest thing is your digestion, how your chart tells you you best digest food to fuel your brain so that your brain can work so that your strongest sense can come out as your superpower. And that if that sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo, just know that it's like so deep, so fascinating, and so unique to different people. And this is not what you would think. It doesn't talk about being vegan or gluten-free or eating high fat. It's nothing to do with like your food choices. It's so much deeper than that about what kind of environment, lighting, sounds, temperatures, um, timing you should be eating, if you should have variety or if you should eat the same things. It's it's uh, like food advice that you would never get from the health industry. And I come from the health industry, and so it's been really fun to kind of shut that off and open my mind to something that's deeper than just what food you're going to actually put in your mouth. So stay tuned for more education about that or get yourself a reading so we can talk about it um, for you personally. You can book readings at madelineevergreen.com and then click on the human design tab. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and I will catch you in a week.